What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, tonight we're debating scientific miracles in the Quran, and we're starting right now with Nadir's opening statement. Thanks so much for being with us again, Nadir. The floor is all yours. Thank you, and good to meet you again, uh, Mr. Uh, Garapi. So <clears throat> we're going to start off talking about why the Quran is a scientific miracle. And uh, I just like to start off by talking about mentioning the Bible. You see, the Bible, it mentioned six things. And uh, it, it talked about the mustard seed. It talked about meat consumption, alcohol, talked about whether you should wash your hands, and, and, and the list goes on. Now, why that is important is because the Quran comes 600 years later and talks about those exact six things. Actually, there's seven, but I think tonight's discussion, I'll only have time for six. Um, so now here's a problem, though. All those things which I've mentioned to you about regarding what the Bible teaches about in the New Testament, specifically about alcohol, a washing hand, the mustard seed, they're all scientifically incorrect. So if Muhammad comes 14, uh, 600 years later and copies from that book, which we have to assume, if Muhammad is not a true prophet, we have to assume he's copying from the Bible. Well, you're going to be copying those errors into, this, into the Quran. So we would expect to find those same scientific contradictions in the Quran, but we don't find it. Rather, astonishingly, we find the corrections to those scientific errors and omitting scientific uh, uh, errors. And I'll give you one example. In fact, let me go ahead and I'm just share my desktop over here. Uh, so Jesus spoke about the mustard seed, as I was mentioning, and uh, he mentioned that the mustard seed, in fact, let me just share my desktop right over here. Excuse me one second. Is the smallest seed which you plant into the ground. Well, here's the problem with that. It actually isn't. There are more smaller seeds than the mustard seed, uh, like, for example, the orchid seed. So if Muhammad was copying from this book, that's a really, really bad, that's a really bad idea to do because it's full of scientific contradictions like I just uh, shared with you. Let me get that verse for you right in front of you. So Jesus says, basically, uh, the mustard seed is the smallest seed you plant in the ground. It's the smallest of all seeds. Now look at Muhammad now also mentions the mustard seed. 
look what and again this is my reference over here showing that there are seeds which are smaller than that it's, it's like the orchid seed but look at the quran inside chapter 21 verse 47 it says over here and even if it be the weight of a mustard seed we will bring it up sufficient are we as reckoners now here's the point which i want to i want to show everyone tonight the scientific contradiction that problematic statement about it being the smallest seed is nowhere to be found in the text of the quran so you could look at this one example and say, okay, he got lucky. He got very lucky. But that was not going to answer six lucky near misses. Uh, and this is what the scientific uh, miracle of the Quran is. So let's give another example here, another more serious scientific contradiction. And that is on the topic of meat consumption. Now, Jesus basically uh, removes all restrictions on meat consumption. That's a big mistake because we now know from science today that there are things known as zoonotic diseases. These are diseases which, um, you know, which jump from animal to man and causes diseases like COVID, Ebola, and AIDS. These are all zoonotic diseases. So this is just a passage here where I'm showing you the reference where Jesus removes all restrictions saying all meat is, is okay to eat. However, we see two animals I'm going to focus on, monkeys and bats. <clears throat> now, what we're going to find here is that the AIDS virus, the Ebola virus, jumped from the monkey into, uh, into the human beings when they were preparing the meat. So these are, and we now know from science, monkey consumption is a big threat to mankind. Because of the teachings of the New Testament, all over the world, Christians eat monkey. I guess it tastes good. I don't know. I've never had it. Now comes Prophet Muhammad. Does he repeat the scientific error? Because remember, monkeys, uh, I'm sorry, uh, if, if Muhammad is not a true prophet, he has to be copying from the Bible. There's no way around that. So if you're copying from this book, you're in big trouble. Notice the second scientific con uh, correction. Islam condemns monkey and bat meat with the following passage. Allah's messenger forbade the eating of meat of beast having fangs. And we now know that that bats is the most likely animal of where we got COVID-19 from. Bats contain over 400 different COVID viruses. So, so here we see a the, the preventive cure. Muhammad is giving, not only the, not following into the trap there, but he's giving you the preventive cure for AIDS, Ebola, and COVID. So this is an, um, an astonishing scientific miracle. And not only that, but future zoonotic diseases, which we are all fearing today. If people were to follow the advice of Prophet Muhammad on the meat restrictions, we would not be in the situation where we are, where we are today. That's a scientific fact. Uh, with, with these terrible zoonotic diseases that we are now grappling with. Let's look at another example. Uh, the topic of fetal alcohol syndrome. So basically, Jesus uh, said something about alcohol. You know, uh, what it says really is irrelevant. What's relevant here is the Islamic correction. Islam takes a very different approach once again. And in the following verses, alcohol is completely forbidden in Islam. And that's actually scientifically correct. Because to allow alcohol in moderation causes problems. Like, for example, you got women and children there. Who you, you cannot, they cannot have any alcohol if the woman is pregnant. And that's what the following study uh, shows. It says over here that Muslim women 
are 50 times less likely than the global average to give birth to a fetal alcohol child. Ah, but you have to, where are you going to find it? Is it this disease? You have to go to the Christians. That's where you're going to find it from. So here we see a third scientific correction, but Muhammad didn't stop there. If we were to assume that these are his words and this is not from God, he's going to take another stab in the dark. He's going to tell us a little bit more about alcohol. So he, he rolls the dice. If we are to assume he's a false prophet, then this is not divine revelation. And he tells us another thing about alcohol. It says over here inside the following verse, if I could find it. Ah, yes. Well, let me just start off and tell you about what, what, what science says. Science says many studies have shown that the overall health risks of drinking alcohol outweighs any benefits. This is the scientific position on alcohol. Muhammad one uh, takes another alleged stab in the dark and he hits it, he hits the jackpot. This is what we are to believe. This is what Garapi is going to have us to believe here. Okay, yeah. So it says inside chapter 2, verse 219, they have some benefit for the people, but their harm is far greater than their benefit. Notice, ladies and gentlemen, word for word agreement with modern science. Two outstanding verses which uh, which correlate with modern science, which agree with modern science on alcohol. And, 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 and he doesn't fall into the trap which, which, unfortunately, Jesus, uh, which we know are not really his words. These are the corruptions of the text, which he has been, which is, which has been put on him. And I have to, I'm going I have to go very quickly here. Another example here: Jesus stigmatized demon-possessed children uh, as, as I'm sorry, uh, children suffering from epilepsy as being demon-possessed. Muhammad comes 600 years later; an epileptic child comes to him. And uh, notice what Muhammad doesn't say. He doesn't accuse that boy of being demon-possessed. He says, I will pray for you. So, so here we see yet another correction to the, to the scientific errors of the Bible. Now, the very last one I'm going to give here, I'm, I know I'm rushing through this. I really apologize. I'm running out of time. And that is an issue of washing hands. Science today tells us you have to wash your hands before you eat. Ah, but... The, the disciples of Jesus were doing that. Jesus and uh, and Jesus got angry at the, at that fact. I'm sorry, they were not doing that. Jesus got angry at the fact that people were asking him to go wash their hands, you know. And so he basically states they don't, uh, you know, you know that would, uh, which let me get the exact quote. Um, those people with unwashed hands, it doesn't defile them. Listen, if you really understood the science behind this, you would not have said that. Okay. Once again, Muhammad corrects this misunderstanding, and it states over here that whenever the prophet would want to eat, he would wash his hands. But science also tells us not only should you wash your hands, you should also clip your nails. And this is exactly what we find. Muhammad rolls the dice again, and he and he states to tells people to clip his nail. Now I'm almost out of time here. Garapi is going to come up and tell us: look, you can find clipping nails and bats were forbidden to eat in the Old Testament. You see, this stuff is all a copy job. It's a defeated argument. And I will show you that these, I will actually advise you not to say that because this will actually backfire on you. It will only further demonstrate that Muhammad is a true prophet. So I would, so, so the whole issue of whether Muhammad copied from the Bible, he's going to try to offer that, you know, but you see, it's not going to work because 
that might work for one or two. You could say you copied the questions from the Bible, but where did you get the outstanding answers from? Where did you copy that from? If he says, you know, well, you see, he just studied the Bible, things like that, you know, um, it's not going to work. So I'm going to go ahead and I think that's my time. And I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to him and we'll have more discussion on this. Go ahead. Yeah. You got it. And I want to let you let you know, folks, if it's your first time here at Modern Day Debate, want to say welcome, no matter what walk of life you are from, Muslim, atheist, politically far left, politically far right, no matter who you are, we're glad you're here. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button as we have many more juicy debates coming up. For example, coming out of retirement, King Crocoduck, as you can see in the bottom right of your screen, taking on David McQueen in a classic atheism, or I should say creationism versus evolution debate. You don't want to miss it. Hit that subscribe button. And we're going to kick it over to JF for his opening. Now, we rarely give introductions, but I've got to say it because, JF, you've never said it yourself. So I want to give a brief introduction to both of our speakers. Nadir, who just opened with his opening statement, has had countless debates in person as well as online with big-time debaters, including David Wood, Apostate Prophet, and others. And JF, though he's never said it himself on Modern Day Debate, actually has his doctorate from Duke. And so... I, JF, you don't even make your enemies call you Dr. JF. But anyway, we're thrilled to have you, JF, and uh, your your humble self regarding that. Thanks for being with us. The floor is all yours. Now, to be clear, I did have a postdoc at Duke, but my doctorate is from the University of Montreal. Oh, uh, so, yes, uh, Nadir called me Mr. Garyepi. I would prefer doctor, but it's okay. I, I will forgive him. Since I'm a Christian, I'm from a Christian culture, and we have forgiving as one of our values. That being said, I'm an atheist, and I'm not here to defend the Bible, but I'm here. I will sometimes defend the Bible because it is being misinterpreted many times here tonight by Nadir. Uh, first, Nadir sets up a fetishist dichotomy. Uh, he says, if Muhammad is not a true prophet, we have to assume that he has copied from the Bible. That is a false dichotomy. There, there are many other ways with which Muhammad could have accessed some knowledge that turns out to be right, and he could have done so without necessarily copying from the Bible. Uh, everyone back then could observe with their eyes the sizes of seeds and could reach their own conclusions. Some people may have had access to a certain range of seeds. Some others may have had access to a wider range of seeds. Uh, we in what Nadir is doing, there is kind of a of an infantilization of basically the ability of a normal adult two thousand years ago or one thousand five hundred years ago to just observe the world and reach conclusions about alcohol, mustard seeds, and whatever. So the the threshold that we should ask here for everything that Nadir is mentioning, we should always ask. Is the is a superior being whispering into the ears of Muhammad the only explanation to explain that a given statement is present in the Quran? And I would argue that there is not a single case tonight that is brought to us that fits that standard. There is always an alternative explanation that makes much more sense. So first, in the way Nadir interprets the Bible passage about the, the mustard seed, uh, it was a part of the Bible where there was a comparison, and they, they were saying, from a very small seed, like the mustard seed, you can get a very big plant. 
and sometimes there is no relationship between the size of the seed and the size of the plant. That is what this passage of the Bible says. Now, in the way it was translated in English, it says that the mustard seed is the smallest seed you plant. Uh, but the smallest seed you plant does not mean the smallest seed over all of the earth, does not mean the smallest seed to ever exist. It means among the plants that people were planting back then, it was probably the smallest seed, and that's all that it means. Uh, and also, I would point, uh, many people are using sometimes exaggerated language. For example, someone will say about a cute baby, oh, he's the smallest, the cutest baby. They don't really mean that he's the absolute cutest in some objective manner or the absolute smallest in some objective manner. What they are meaning is among the things being compared here, it makes sense to compare a very small seed to a very big plant, as is the case for the mustard seed. Now, Mohammed mentions in the Quran uh, a forbidding against eating animals with fangs. And somehow Nadir concludes that means that Mohammed had pre-scientific knowledge about monkeys and bats being dangerous to eat. First, there is no, there is no evidence at all in what Nadir has presented that Muhammad was talking about monkeys. He said animals with, fang, with fangs. That includes, from our modern perspective, that would include monkeys. But what, what did he mean by this? No one will ever know. Uh, I will note that there are religious traditions that precede the Quran that were also banning uh, some animal with fangs, including bats. Uh, the Leviticus 11 states, And among birds you shall hold these in abomination, the eagle, the kite, the osprey, the kestrel, and the vulture after its species, and the raven after its species, the ostrich, the jay, and the sparrow hawk, and it goes on and on, and it finishes with the bat, the starling, and the magpie. So the idea that a religious tradition back then would ban bats uh, as a source of food is not surprising. We don't have to, uh, to consider that Mohammed has been inspired by God for this. It was simply common knowledge of the time and common in the cultures of the time to be observed some forbidding of many animals that are predatory in nature. So it's very possible that from reading about cultural traditions that already existed, Mohammed has correctly concluded that predatory animals tend to have eaten a lot of dirty animals in their lives, and therefore they have increased risk. Uh, they have increased danger for people. That being said, even that interpretation would be quite generous to the Quran because there is no sign, that there is no indication why these forbiddings exist. It's not clear that Mohammed even understood that there was a medical issue here. But let's grant this and recognize that it's not exceptional for a religion in these centuries to have concluded that some food was not to be eaten. On the question of alcohol, uh, I think that Nadir here gives a modern scientific interpretation of the banning on alcohol, but the Quran actually contradicts this interpretation. Uh, the Quran explains pretty well why alcohol is banned, and it has nothing to do with modern medicinal considerations. It has nothing to do with embryos and the health of newborns. 
the Quran in Forward Thumb 591 states, Indeed, Satan desires to incur enmity and hatred between you through wine and gambling, and he desires to prevent you from God's remembrance and prayer. Yet will you then give them up? It's clear from this statement that the reason the Quran bans alcohol is social enmity. They didn't want conflict in the society. And I would conclude, uh, if we apply here Occam's razor, I have two hypotheses. Does that, is that a message that comes from God? Or is that a message that comes from simply looking at society, looking at examples of people who drink alcohol and seeing that they are conflictual? Well, the second explanation is the, the shortest one, the simplest one, and it's the one I will stick to until I'm demonstrated that some other message must have come from God. James, sorry, were you saying something? Nope, you're all good. Uh, okay, how much time do I have? You've got about, let's see, I started at, at one minute late, so you've got two minutes and 45 seconds left. All right, so we will then talk about the two last subjects, the uh, possession by the devil of the epileptics. Uh, so Nadir is looking at the Bible. Uh, in the Bible, there is a mention that someone is possessed by the devil, which results in epilepsy. And Jesus kind of asks God to, to remove the devil from the body. And it is said that the person was healed. First, I'm not here to defend the story in the Bible. I don't believe that it is true. Uh, but that being said, um, it is not different what has come to happen under Christianity, where certain followers of Christianity have come to believe in possession by the devil for cases of epilepsy, and what has happened in the Muslim community. So Islamic scholars are rejecting the conception by Nadir here that the Quran denies that epilepsy is caused by demonic possession. In fact, here's the writing of an Islamic scholar, Dr. Umar Alashgar, <clears throat> who says, the possessed person speaks a language that he himself does not understand, and his body may be struck with a ferocious beating such that it would leave a great mark on a camel. Clearly, what he's describing here is a seizure, and it is uh, seizures are a result of epilepsy. And he goes further to describe how this is caused by demonic possession. He says, none of the leaders of the Muslims reject the notion that the jinn, so the jinn is the devil, uh, the jinn enters into the body of the possessed and others. Those who reject it and claim that the Islamic law states it to be false are stating a lie concerning Islamic law, as there is no proof therein that denies its occurrence. So here we have an Islamic scholar who is telling Nadir, your interpretation of the Quran is wrong. Uh, in fact, uh, the societies based on the Muslim religion have converged toward believing that, uh, that people with seizures are possessed by the demons. The Wikipedia page on this is Spirit Possession and Exorcism in Islam. You can go check. Uh, the, there, there is widespread belief in the Muslim community that Things like poor health, bad relationship, seizures, homosexuality, fits and scream, insomnia are caused by demonic possession. So it does happen in, in the religious community of Christians. There are some individuals who will claim 
possession by the devil, but it also happens in the Muslim community. And there is no sign that here the Quran was more or less informative than the Bible on this subject. Uh, and finally, on the, quickly on the subject of hand washing before eating, uh, there is a misrepresentation and a misunderstanding by Nadir of what the Bible states about this. Uh, Nadir claims that the Bible removed, basically allowed eating anything. And by the standard, I would ask Nadir, did the Bible, in your view, in that passage, do you think it allowed uh, Christians to eat cow manure? Uh, because by the standards of what he says, Jesus would want you to eat anything, really anything. Uh, we have to read the passage of the Bible with more wisdom and more cleverness. What Jesus says in this passage is, you guys are sticking to traditions, and he's talking to the Pharisees here. You guys are sticking to your old tradition rather than sticking to the principles of the word of God. And that's what he's criticizing. He's not saying, don't have, eat whatever you want. And in fact, it's not been the case that Christian communities eat monkeys. That is something that exists in Africa. And uh, when Christianity got into Africa, the Africans continued eating monkeys. So that's it for my intro. We're going to jump into the open dialogue, folks. want to remind you of several little housekeeping things in particular. One, our guests are linked in the description. If you'd like to hear more, you certainly can, as well as... Hey, if you enjoy juicy, controversial debates, share this debate with a friend, as I'm sure they'd enjoy it. This is going to be a good one. Thanks, JF and Nadir, for being with us. The floor is all yours. Are we going to do all two right. minutes back and forth? Just uh, Sure, if you'd like. Yeah. Okay, let's do it that way if we could. Okay, so I'd like to correct um, uh, Dr. Garapi on a lot of his misunderstandings and uh, uh, you know of the scripture. So, you know, you said that I misrepresented the issue uh, of the mustard seed. Uh, well, I think you need to give me permission uh, to, to, to share my desktop, James. Okay. <clears throat> well, here's the problem with that. The text says that you only quoted one passage of the Bible, but you need to quote others. And you will see that the, that the Bible clearly makes a scientific error, which cannot be reconciled except through slick interpretations. Okay. So the text of the Bible says, it is the smallest of all seeds. You see, you quoted this one, the smallest seed you plant in the ground. Yeah, maybe you can argue some way out of that, but you can't argue your way out of this one right here. It's the smallest of all seeds. And then you said, okay, look, Nadir is disagreeing with the scholars. Well, it looks like you're disagreeing with yours too, because this scientific error is a well-known, recognized scientific errors among your own atheist uh, peers. This, I'm quoting from Rational Wiki, okay? So this is not a Nadir Ahmed scientific error contradict that I just came up with. So you are throwing your own scholars under the bus to try to save yourself in this debate because none of the examples <coughs> you gave with really made sense. One of your big critical errors is you're saying, well, it doesn't necessarily mean Muhammad has to be copying from the Bible. No, it does. Let me explain. The Bible talks about a mustard seed. I've talked about an epileptic, talks about alcohol, epilepsy, washing hands. Islam comes 200 years, or I'm sorry, 600 years later and talks about those same exact things. That cannot be a coincidence. <laughs> Somebody is doing a copying job, and I will admit it's copying the questions, but not the answers. Okay, so uh, I don't think I, but the, but the main point here is, which I think you need to accept on mustard seed. Irregardless of whatever spin you want to put on this, this is a problematic passage. 
Okay. And as you can see as over here, and the fact that Islam omits this is a plus point. I'm sorry, go ahead, GRP. It ah. is not a problematic passage at all. Uh, I've always I've also indicated the thing that you forgot to mention, which is a lot of people will say this is the smallest baby, the, the cutest baby ever. <clears throat> and they don't mean it literally. It is, it is not, uh, there's no indication that in this passage, Jesus was giving a scientific account, having cataloged the seeds of the whole world. It is simply a statement that is the kind of statement you would do as a human being, talking of things relatively. Uh, so I take no issue with this mustard seed passage. And by the way, I don't even believe that the Bible is the word of God. So I guess that your argument works a lot on, uh, on, on Christian believers but not so much against an atheist. Uh, mm -hmm. That being said, I will not attribute scientific error. Uh, as far as uh, your other argument, which is that he has to have copied the Bible. I'm not saying that he has copied the Bible or that he hasn't copied the Bible. Certainly what we know of Muhammad is that he was aware of the traditions of the Bible and he was aware of the traditions of the Jews. And he wanted to be a wire prophet and to be considered as such. So it is very likely that either consciously or unconsciously, Muhammad has integrated some of the themes that came from the Bible to which he had access to and from various, con uh, various uh, content from the, the Jewish books. But uh, that does not indicate that Muhammad was inspired by God. It simply indicates that his inspirations were diverse. They were, they, they were including inferences from culture, tradition, and writing. Okay, so let me uh, just first of all deal with your, uh, <laughs> your interpretation of the text over here. You were saying that basically, you know, uh, when someone says this is the smallest of all seeds, it shouldn't be taken literally. Like some, some, sometimes you say this is the cutest baby ever. Do, do I understand your interpretation correctly, uh, Gar Dr. Garapi? Yes, that it, okay, has, so, it cannot be interpreted okay. directly. Okay, so that's why I say Islam is a true religion. Look, what Dr. Garapi is doing, he's putting an interpretation spin on the text. Why? Because he, see, he, he, uh, he sees a writing on the wall. If he accepts a plain fact as his atheist peers do, and so many references I can show you from atheist websites, this is a clear-cut scientific error. So he said, let us take it metaphorically. This is the cutest baby ever. <laughs> Did I put an interpretation spin on any of the verses which I quoted from the Quran? This is why Islam is a true religion. Islam presents facts. But the people who try to refute it presents interpretations interpretation spin on the text that's saying it's the smallest seed i'm sorry there's the smallest of all seeds it's the smallest seed you plant in the ground that's problematic and for dr garapi to sit here and say oh i don't see any problem here he's willfully being blind because then he'll have to concede to the fact that the quran showed greater wisdom by avoiding this problematic passage in its usage of the mustard seed. So I think he's been uh, answered on that. So I just want to also answer him now on uh, on, the, on his whole issue regarding monkeys, you know. Again, he put another, he says, you see, when it comes to the, to the, uh, the food, you know, where, when Jesus lifted all 
ban on, 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 on meat consumption. Well, this is just, you don't understand. You got to take it to the spirit of the law. Once again, an interpretation spin on the text he's putting on it. It's clear. Look at the impact this verse has had on mankind. Are all these people misunderstanding the Bible? When I show you that Christians all over the world from Africa, Republic of Cameroon, uh, South Sudan, all, all eating monkey because of the teaching of the New Testament. So it wouldn't be, it, it wouldn't, be a problem, even if Jesus had made an error about mustard seeds or the Bible as a whole had made an error about mustard seed, that in no way would prove that the Quran is divinely inspired. Uh, it would just mean that someone was wrong 2,000 years ago. Even if it was a scientist who, who worked on mustard seed all of his life and who worked on all sorts of seeds, the fact that someone is wrong is not indicative that someone else out there being right on that question is inspired by God. So that sets it for the mustard part. Now, as far as the uh, interpretation aspect, Nadir is saying that I'm spinning an interpretation to the Bible and that he does not have to spin interpretations when he reads the Quran. But this is what he's been doing throughout his intro. Consider how he took some little word about alcohol consumption and then brought you a whole presentation interpreting it in a medical sense, giving it a sense of a medical and scientific statement when the original statement had nothing that was saying that it was ultimately for medical or scientific purposes. So here Nadir is the one trying to spin. I don't have to spin the Bible because the Bible could be wrong on every word of it, and it wouldn't change my view on the Quran being a culturally inspired uh, piece of religious artifact. Okay, well, at least you stop saying I don't see any problem with the mustard seed uh, issue. It's a problem. It's a very problematic passage. So good, we are making some progress over there, but let, we'll get to alcohol in just a second. Let me finish up with... Um, you know, with what we have over here regarding the uh, the meat consumption. You see, Dr. Garapi didn't deny that Muhammad did give the preventive cure for AIDS, Ebola, and, and the COVID, uh, uh, and these zoonotic diseases, because they all come from animals which eat, which have fangs. And so this is a, you know, a, a tremendous correction to what the Bible says. Now, Let's make sure. Now, I want to quote for your reference to make sure that I'm not putting any spin on the passenger. I'm quoting from God Questions over here. This is a Christian website. It says, Jesus declared all foods clean. Later, uh, God gave the Apostle Peter a vision that implied uh, the formerly unclean animals could be eaten now. Did you see that? This is not my words. I'm quoting you from God Questions. Let me repeat. It says, then later God gave uh, <clears throat> God gave the Apostle Peter a vision that implied formerly unclean animals can now be eaten. Look at the impact. All over the world, Christians are eating monkey. But in the Islamic world, in the same reference I showed you, and I'll show it to you again, Muslims don't eat monkey. You see why? Because of a prophet Muhammad, uh, st uh, his statement over here. So, so he said, well, how does all this stuff prove that this is from God? Here's how it proves that it's from God. I mean, if I were to show you just one example of the mustard seed, maybe show you another example of, of, of meat consumption. No, not right now. But you, I mean, you can you can get lucky once or twice here, but you can't get lucky six times in a row. 
that's my point with now of course i haven't argued i still need to address all your arguments over here but i just want to set the record state on who's putting the spin on the bible on meat consumption go ahead so your quote from uh, god the, the the website mentions thereby uh, allowing all foods or something like this uh this is a part of the bible that is not the statement of jesus we should say it is a scribe who has made an editorial comment above the text that was already existing. So suppose that you were to ask, is the word of Jesus the word of God? That segment couldn't be interpreted as an original statement by Jesus because it has been postscript uh, editorial added through a parenthesis in that text, and it doesn't come from the mouth of Jesus. There is no evidence that Jesus wanted to undo all food prohibitions. There is no evidence that Jesus wanted you to eat monkeys, nor bats. Uh, it is clear from the passage of the Bible that we're talking about here that what he's saying is you should stick more to the word of God in your heart than care about the traditions that are supposedly made in his name. So what he was saying is that there was an essence the message of God in, in Jesus's perception, of course, not mine, uh, and that we, we are better to stick to the principles rather to the displaying traditions at the table. Uh, that is so not important because in the end, I'm not here to defend the Bible, but I will still defend it in front of the misrepresentations of Nadir, so that's what I'm doing. Just look around the world and you will see just how off Dr. Garrity is. There is no restrictions on meat consumption that which Christians have, okay, with the exception of certain sects who did outlaw pork. You know, apart from that, no, just look at the world. Show it to me. <laughs> what are you talking about? You see what he's doing? He's putting his interpretation spin on the text of the Bible. Why? Because that book is an error. And he now needs to explain how Muhammad, if he was supposed to be copying from that book, how did he get it right? You see, Dr. Garabi is not denying the fact that Muhammad gave the preventive cure for AIDS, Ebola, and the, and the COVID uh, uh, virus. You see, and this is an outstanding correction to this uh, to this terrible, terrible scientific error here. Now, he did mention something about bats, and that was very good, but it's going to backfire on, on pretty soon. You see, Dr. Garabi, you are you. This shows how wrong you are about this. You see, that verse about bats. I believe is from God. That was very good in the Old Testament. It forbade eating bats. Good. They are the they're the host of the oh, many coronavirus, uh, four hundred different coronaviruses. But then the New Testament came and corrupted that law, corrupted that teaching. Now Muhammad, or you could say the Quran, comes six hundred years later, and it and it does a restoration. Back to God's law, but notice the wisdom of the Quran. If Allah put, okay, don't eat bats, because that was originally correct, then people like Dr. Garrett, will say, look, look, you're copying from the Bible. But rather, the author of the Quran offers a superior teaching to that. Not only don't eat animals with fangs. So here we see, uh, so, so by referencing the bat, you only prove to us today that there is a prophetic tradition. There is God's word in the Bible, because that's an astonishing statement in the Old Testament, and another good reason to believe that there is a God. Now, I, my time is up, but I will go ahead and answer you on alcohol in just a, just a few minutes. Go ahead. 
All right. Well, James, it's the first time it happens in my life, but I think I may have converted Nadir to Judaism here because uh, he has just uh, said that uh, he, he considers that the word of God on bats has been communicated from God to the Jewish people. Uh, that is fascinating. I didn't expect to do this in my life, convert someone uh, to, to Judaism. Uh, that being said, you say, look around the world, there are no food restrictions in Christianity. Maybe in, uh, in official religious lines like the Catholics, but there are certainly restrictions that have emerged on food in Christian societies, in fully Christian societies. Uh, and, and in fact, uh, ironically, the, the lady that wanted to eat a monkey uh, that you use as your support in your PowerPoint presentation was actually a woman who was an African-American or African who wanted to eat monkeys and was claiming that she, it was part of her Christian belief. But she was, uh, she was raising that case because she wanted to bring, bring it to the Supreme Court to have restrictions on the importation of monkeys uh, be abolished. And so she had to generate an argument that it was tied to her religion because she knew that she would have a better hearing at the Supreme Court hearing. That being said, other than this lady and the African countries that you've listed, I have seen no evidence that the, the, the main root of Christianity, the historical root of Christianity, which is Europe, has ever needed a, a book to tell them not to eat monkeys. Uh, Europeans were not eating monkeys, so it would be kind of bizarre for a prophet to to be uh, to be promoted to them that tells them something they already know. Well, I think we spoke enough about this. Um, no, let me correct you. There's no, I mean, the, the percentage of Christians who really believe in that there's some kind of meat restrictions are less than 0.00001%. Okay, so that's just crazy. Okay, so, um, but I think the, the point here is, once again, Muhammad gave a superior teaching on, on meat consumption uh, than what we find in the Bible. And the point here is, if Muhammad's copying from that book, you should be copying some of those scientific errors, or you should be making some of those kind of blunders as well. But we don't see that. And rather, we see that he has given us the preventive cure for these terrible diseases. Um, so now you also put, talked put an interpretation spin on the Quran. So here we see double barrel action taking place. Not only is he spinning the Bible to make it mean what he wants to want it to mean, which is not going to help him at all tonight. But he's also putting a spin on the Quran. He says, the only reason alcohol was forbidden, don't you understand? It is because you're going to, Satan desires to cause hatred into your heart. This is the only reason. This is his interpretation spin on the text. Of course, there's a verse where Allah gives reason. Listen, don't drink alcohol. And he gave this reason. But who are you to say this is the only reason? Okay, so. <laughs> so that is an interpretation spin. Look, I, I have this discussion with my children. Uh, when they don't want to wake up for school in the morning, they say, come on, wake up. You're going to have, you're going to make a lot of friends in school. Don't you want friends or you want to sit here all day and get bored? Because I'm not going to let you watch TV. Is this the only reason why I'm telling my children to go to school? Ridiculous interpretation spin. So no, ladies and gentlemen, this uh, false interpretation of Dr. Garapi, that the only reason the Quran bans alcohol is because of this. It is, um, you know, this is just his ridiculous interpretation. But this goes back to the Islamic argument, which I'll present to you. Islam presents facts. But those people who try to challenge our evidence 
they spin interpretation. They're spinning, double barrel spinning the Bible. They're spinning the Quran to make it mean what they want it to mean, to make this miracle go away. But it's not going to go away. It's still here. So the issue tonight, which he was not able to refute, is yes, because of the Quran. He says, well, this is something which Nadir is basically, I forgot the exact words he was saying, something that I'm just basically creating this type of false something, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what it was. Something about alcohol. <laughs> he said I was doing something. False dichotomy. Okay, false dichotomy. Okay, I'm sorry. My time's up. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, as far as alcohol goes, I'm open. If, if there were other reasons that motivated the Quran's writing on alcohol, I'd be open to read about them. But you cannot just make up reasons from the modern scientific world and say that means he already knew about this, especially since there's no indication that he knew about this. I'm willing to take a part of the Quran that would seem to indicate pre-scientific knowledge, but I've not seen this. So, of course, I'm going to stick to what we see. Uh, it's like saying that someone 2,000 years ago said, oh, yeah, drinking water is good for is good for you, so do it. And then we come with the modern understanding of medical physiology, and we would say, oh, that person had pre-scientific knowledge. They knew so much about water. They knew it was good for this part of your body and that part of your body. We, we'd be making up here reasons based on our modern view on someone who didn't possibly have this knowledge. So this is what I've seen from Nadir tonight. Yeah, so... One thing which I'm which I just want to correct you, I'm not saying that the reason behind the ban of alcohol is to prevent uh, fetal alcohol syndrome. I never said that. So I think you've misrepresented uh, my position. I'm saying this is what the scientists talk about the impact about the Quran. And um, let me let me share the reference with you again, just so we're all as clear as mud on this. Look what is look what science says here, okay? It says, it, they make it very clear, it's the Islamic faith promotes the abstinence of alcohol and abstinence is high among, uh, among Muslims. And then it goes, and, then F, and it talks about that it's 50 times less likely than the global average to give birth to a fetal alcohol child. So it is science today who has paid a great tribute to the Holy Quran, not me. Now, let's entertain your doubts, is what I'm saying. Okay, maybe the... Maybe this was all just some big coincidence. You see, if we are to assume tonight that Muhammad had other reasons for banning alcohol, let's entertain that. Here's why that fails, though. You see, we can entertain that doubt and we can say, okay, maybe it could have been some other reason, but then we're going to have to say that the scientific uh, agreement there is a coincidence, an unintended consequence. He didn't mean to do that. That's called coincidence. But Muhammad gave two scientifically correct statements. Wait a second, two of them? Because remember, he also said that the, the evil or the bad of alcohol far outweighs the good. That's word for word agreement with modern science. So my point here is that Muhammad gave two scientifically correct statements on alcohol. So the case is building now for the divine inspiration. One example doesn't do it. Go ahead. All right. Well, I think we can be headed toward the conclusion. Is that okay with you, Nadir? Uh, yeah, I guess we could. How much more time do you have, James? Uh, I mean, if, if you have other points you want to bring, bring them now, and then we can head toward yeah. the conclusion. How, how much more How much more, How much much more? more time you got, James? That works for me. We hadn't ever agreed on like a specific dis dialogue portion time. So if you do have other points that you want to bring up, Nadir, you're more than welcome. Okay, let me just, yeah, let me just correct you really quickly on the whole issue of epilepsy. Again, this is, uh, this is when I say 
The New Testament is responsible for the stigmatization of um, you know of epileptics. This is not my interpretation or some. This is the the, the position of scientists, and I believe I shared with that with you um, in my debate with David Wood. I'm just going to show that again uh, real quick, just so that we're all in agreement over here. The Bible is responsible for the stigmatization of epileptics as being demon possessed, and I will show you the study. Actually, if when you research this you will see that there are many people, many uh, scientific papers. This is the one which I'm going to bring by Dr. Carl Oten uh, Nakin. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Carl, uh, Dr. Carl uh, Nakin. He's a specialist in neurology, and he goes on and points point blank that it is a Christianization which reinforced the belief in the healing uh, by spiritual rituals. The New Testament describes how Jesus healed a boy suffering from lunacy, epilepsy. And so this is just one of the many references which I'll show you. It is a scientific fact that the Bible stigmatized uh, epileptics. Now the epileptic comes to Muhammad. And what does Muhammad say? Well, it's what he doesn't say, which is a big thing. He doesn't accuse the boy of being demon-possessed, like unfortunately, which which Jesus did. Are these really his words? No, they're not. We are. This is an error of the people who wrote the Bible they made mistakes. This is so I don't want to say I'm blaming Jesus here. So um, the point which now I, I can, you know, and the issue about washing hands. Once again, Muhammad made a scientific, brilliant scientific correction here. Because remember, Jesus criticized people for washing their hands before uh, before they ate. And you say, okay, well, this is just Nadir's personal attack on the Bible. No, that's Aaron Ra's attack on the Bible. He is one of your atheist peers. And many atheists of your own flock have also pointed out the scientific error in the Bible. So notice what Garapi is doing here. He's throwing rational wiki. He's throwing Aaron Raw all under the bus so that he could save himself in this debate because he does it. He's trying to show there's no correlation between Quran and science here. Oh, you're not correcting nothing there. You're just misunderstanding the Bible. So uh, go that's ahead. an interesting one, by the way. I've never seen JF. Have you ever talked to Aaron Raw? That's interesting. I would love to. Is he a scientist? I think he's, he has some science background. He's I'd love a... to debate him with my book, The Revolutionary Phenotype. Either him or PZ Myers, I'm challenging them to a debate. Prove me wrong on my theory of phenotypic revolution. Juicy. I'll give you a chance to respond in a Okay. Year. Now, uh, for Nadir, uh, on the question of epileptics. One, the Bible does not. Uh, does not demean epileptics. It simply mentions the belief that the epileptics are possessed by demons. Uh, by the way, there is a very similar statement in the Quran. I will read it here. Those who consume interest cannot stand on the day of resurrection except as one stands who is being beaten by Satan into insanity. So the idea that Satan would make you insane is also present in the Quran. And so we have to ask Nadir, if, if you say that this idea is a discriminatory idea that leads to persecution of the mentally insane in the case of the Bible, this statement is equivalent and it's found in the Quran. And it would definitely explain why in Muslim countries, various conditions, including both health and sexual preferences, are being persecuted as possessions by the devil. Okay, so here we see he's spinning interpretations on the text of the Quran. It says those people who consume interest, 
basically it's like be- they're being beaten by Satan into insanity. And this is going to cause harm to people. What harm? Show me. Show me, Dr. Garapi. I showed you a reference. I have many references, by the way, which, and as you have already conceded tonight, so we're all in agreement, the Bible is responsible for the stigmatization of, of epileptics as being demon-possessed. That is a scientific fact. What research paper are you going to share with us telling me that this verse is harmful for people? Give me a break, and I will challenge you tonight to show <laughs> to well, show me something like that, okay? So this is just a ridiculous interpretation spin on the text of the on the text of the Quran, which is what he's doing tonight. He's been doing this all night long. Okay, so the point here is now here's where we can wrap up. We see clear but the point here about epilepsy, the point about alcohol, the point here about you know uh, washing hands. What is the point here is that if you're copying from this book, then you are doomed to copy those scientific errors into your book. This is no coincidence, Dr. Garby, that the Quran is talking about the same thing the Bible is talking about. It's done intentionally. And for you to be sitting here so naive, like, oh, I don't know why, why we see those same topics in the Quran that we find in the Bible. No, there's a reason for it. And that's a scientific miracle of the Holy Quran. You see, uh, he is the, the, somehow, some way, the author of the Quran knew those passages were problematic. They are problematic, and he gave a much better answer uh, than uh, than, w- than what we read in the Bible. And that's a miracle. A man, 1,400 years ago, an illiterate man, how, you would have to have precise scientific knowledge to do those type of corrections, to give us the cure for COVID, to save uh, millions of children from fetal alcohol syndrome. You have to have a lot, you have to know science very well to do that kind of stuff. So I would like to, none of your explanations made sense tonight, Dr. Garapi. So I'd like to for, uh, present, a, give us a sensible explanation for yeah. why we see so many corrections in, the, in our scripture. Time. All right. So I will conclude. I will make my concluding statements here because I think we've exhausted what we had to talk about. Two wrongs don't make a right. Uh, and the Bible could be extremely wrong and this wouldn't prove that the Quran is divinely inspired. Consider this, the Quran has been written about 600 years after the Bible. Suppose that the Quran was scientifically superior compared to the Bible. Uh, hundreds of years are enough to justify increased knowledge. So suppose that the claim, the superiority of the Quran here by Nadir was true. It still wouldn't undermine my claim. My claim is The Quran is very much explainable as a product of culture, a product of past writings, a product of what the knowledge at the time of the world was. And the knowledge of Muhammad was very much in line with the Bible. Nadir claims some supplementation and corrections. Those supplementations and corrections wouldn't be sufficient to justify a belief in God. You got it. This may be a good time to go into the Q&A. Well, I had one more question for him. And we could just... <laughs> if it's a short and pithy one, it sounds yeah, yeah, like J- JF, so... it's late for JF. What time is it over there, JF? Okay. Well, I have I had two shows tonight, but yeah, Nadir can go. I'm in good okay. shape. <clears throat> so, so, you know, when you... There's no denial that there are corrections to the errors in the Bible. There are corrections. Now, when you do a correction, you run the possibility... Of getting it wrong if you're copying things out of that book and even if you want to change alternate there is always going to be that possibility of messing things up or making it even worse 
So let's just be reasonable, charitable, and say it's a 50% chance. So when you're going to mess with that mustard seed verse, when you're going to mess with that alcohol verse, it's a 50% chance of screwing things up. So if we were to sum up one-half probabilities for all of these things, we're going to get a number which is like 1 over 64 probability. That's the probability of Muhammad doing six corrections to that scripture and not screwing things up. And so... This is, and so what we see here is the probability of what Garapi is talking about is actually, it's, it's actually, it should be 64 times two because there's a total of seven corrections there. So I got to do my math on that. So I want to show you, I, we can refute Dr. Garapi's uh, theories on how we find these corrections in the, in the Islamic scriptures using mathematic probability, very simple stuff. Uh, and we can see that what his idea, there's really only one sensible explanation for why we see the corrections in the Islamic scripture and that there is a God. There is enough corrections to believe in God, unlike what Dr. Garapi is saying, because we've got the math to back it up. Go ahead. So don't let Nadir fool you that this was a probabilistic and scientific approach because he's making the right mathematical calculations, amazingly, but he's doing them on cherry-picked data. If he wanted to do his probabilistic analysis, he would have to look at every claim that can be represented as a factual claim in the Quran and see, then, does it align with reality? He would not just have to, to look at those that he likes. He would have to take into account those he doesn't like. And, of course, that's another debate. You got it. And with that, we're going to jump into the q and I want to say, folks, thanks for your questions. Our guests are linked in the description. That includes at the podcast. We put our guest links in the description box there, too. So if you want to hear more from their positions, you certainly can by clicking on those links right now. And every modern-day debate, debate ends up on the podcast within about 24 hours of the live stream. So, this one coming in from Kwani Upstate says, please explain, in all caps, <laughs> please explain how knowing some true facts equals a miracle. This argument makes no sense. Yeah, so that's a straw man argument. Look, at the very uh, end of this discussion, me and Dr. Garapi, we are in agreement. We agree on the math. So that was actually one, I just did the math right now, that's 64 times two is one over 128 uh, chance of getting all six, corre um, uh, you know, corrections to be correct or not making a big, um, bigger mistake than what's already in the Bible. You know, so, so we agree on this now. But what Dr. Garapi is saying, well, now let's go look at other places in the Bible, and I'm saying the Quran, and let's see if there's anything wrong over there, which I will address to you at a later time. However, so the person who answered that question here, if it was just one or two examples, I would agree with you. There's no big miracle over there. But now when you do six interactions, like seven corrections in a row, that's a big deal. We could add mathematical probability to that and see, wait a second. How can a human being be doing this? This one from Cameron Hall says, Nadir, can stars, namely in space, be used as missiles for jinns? Absolutely. And that's in complete harmony with modern science. I would encourage you to watch my uh, debate I had on this with, uh, with, with Apostate Prophet, which Aaron Raw gave the victory of that debate on shooting stars to me. And listen, go to my YouTube page because I've got that clip over there. But look at what we're seeing here in the question and answer session here. These atheists, we're seeing a retreat. 
a retreat from the from the core argument of this debate that from a probabilistic point of view for a mere human being to make six corrections to the to the uh, previous scripture it's very unlikely that this could have happened without some kind of divine or supernatural inspiration i would encourage the people who are asking these questions it's Talk about what we've just debated on. But uh, what I'm seeing here is they're not able to answer the, the Islamic challenge. So they're talking about shooting stars as missiles. Come on, that's not the topic of tonight's debate. This one from Oflamio says, If Muhammad says that Jesus is wrong, is Jesus a false prophet? Do you know the Quran says that Jesus is a false, uh, that Jesus is a prophet, Nadir? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jesus is a true prophet. We believe in that. And and I also wanted to correct uh, Dr. Garapi. He's like, he, he's going to convert me to Judaism. Well, what we as Muslims believe is that divine revelation was given to previous prophets like Moses uh, and, and prophet Jesus. We believe in that. But what the but the person who is listening to this show, who asked that question, need to understand is the New Testament has been altered and changed. Okay, and so a lot of those scientific errors, I don't attribute them to the real Jesus. He would never have said those things. Okay, so this is the mistakes of the copyists. This is the mistakes of the gospel writers uh, in which they attributed those scientific errors to to prophet Jesus, who we believe is the true Messiah. Go ahead. You got it. This one coming in from, let's see, if there are any for JF, let me know. This one coming in from, and feel free, JF, you, if you want to add anything in terms of questions or objections to what Nadir says, just because we know that there aren't a lot of questions for you right now. Yeshua, oh, we got Yeshua the King with another question, says, Quran 41, 10 through 11, suggests that plants existed, all tafsirs agree, they say, before the smoke subsided, which isn't true. Smoke left four billion years ago. Plants are only five hundred million years old. I think this is once again this is off topic. Uh, I would once again ask the people to engage with the arguments in tonight's debate. What we've heard tonight is an airtight case for the scientific miracle of the Holy Quran, and and I think what's happening here is the people who are asking the questions here they're not able to beat the evidence. They've heard the case. They see, heard an airtight case of, from a mathematical point of view, a man 1,400 years ago, um, I mean, in the desert, an illiterate man correcting the scientific errors of the Bible repeatedly over and over again. No, that can't be happening without some kind of divine or supernatural ability. Please engage with the arguments. And in, in terms of what you have presented, I think that's a misrepresentation of the Quran. And what you're doing is you are attacking some commentary. But anyways, like I said, my door is always open to debate is the Quran is in complete harmony with modern science. And, and from what my, what I have seen in the past, is Islam has won that debate. It is this, the atheists, it is the Christians who are running away from that debate challenge. I'm one, sitting here all by my lonesome. I'm like, one, where are these guys? Come on. This one coming in from Yeshua the King says, If Allah had foreknowledge, why didn't he forbid marrying your first cousins, which leads to genetic problems? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So once again, I guess we're we're uh, what they're. I think what the, what's what's happening over here is they're trying to salvage the debate. They're saying, okay, well, let's if I could find some uh, contradictions in the Quran or something like that uh, with 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 modern science, then somehow this is gonna this is somehow going to uh, you know disprove Islam or disprove the Quran. So let's first get it right. What Islam teaches 
on cousin marriage, okay? So basically, well, let's first get the science correct, and then we will get to the Quran. Okay, science does not hold the position that you should never marry your cousin. As I, I got my references right over here, okay? As and, and, and also, there's another important point. We now know from science today that people are more likely to marry people who are genetically similar to them. So my point here is, Telling us that, okay, well, I'm just going to ban cousin marriage and that's going to fix it. Uh-uh, that's not going to do it. Okay, so this is, this is the, um, uh, this is, oh, I'm sorry, this statistic over here shows that as much as 80% of marriages in human history are from the cousin marriages, okay? Uh, what science actually says on this topic over here. Basically, oh boy, where's my reference? <laughs> yeah, okay. This is, this is taken from Stanford University, and I'm going to make this a little bit bigger for you. Uh, there's a lot more I have to say on this, but I'll just I'll just end with this. While there, while the chance may be increased, it isn't a high. It isn't as high as most people think. Children of parents who uh, children of parents who are cousins or have siblings have a slightly higher risk of being born with a disability. Basically, it's the same amount, which let's say a person who gets married who has kids as far as 38 or 40. But Islam does not encourage. Cousin marriage is the other point which I wanted to make to you, but unfortunately my time's up. This is from Bitter Truth says, Nadir, God, earth, heaven, and in between in six days, 50, 38, I think they mean verses, and they say then next chapter, 4109 to 12, God created earth, heaven, between in eight days, and then in Hadith Muslim 2879, God made in seven days, which one is correct, or is God confused? So, like I said, this is, um, um, looks like the people, they don't want to engage with the debate. They're trying to disprove the Quran. They're thinking, okay, well, uh, the actual arguments which I've presented, they're not able to deal with it. They're not, and so they're trying to <laughs> find another way to, to try to pull off a last-minute win. Um so basically, the the issue tonight, you know, before I before I even get in there, you know, what I'll also make a prediction. You will see when when this debate goes, uh, you know, on YouTube, all the comments are going to be making fun of me, trashing me. They're going to say, "Way to go, Doctor Garapy! You did a wonderful job here." But folks, I want you to ignore that because I already I'm going to predict all the atheists are going to trash me in the comment section. They do that with all the Muslims people. So, anyways, let me go on to address your question here. The Quran made it very clear that Allah made the earth in six days. That's explicitly written. Nowhere is it written in the Quran or the Hadith or any reference you're presenting that it explicitly states that the Quran made, I'm sorry, Allah made the the universe or in eight days. That's your interpretation. So this you see, coming. this goes back. I'm sorry. sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. So that goes back to the Islamic argument. Muslims present facts to support what they uh as truth the opponents they present interpretation spin of the text go ahead kiwi in springfield says james you're no longer welcome to my only fans here's your refund that's funny i have never once used only fans actually believe it or not jf but samar or samar good to see you says nadir you haven't mentioned cops so far in this debate do you accept jf's standard of loose inspiration to account for Many of the passages we see, why or why not? What was COPS an abbreviation for? I've got to remember that because it's, it's in all caps. 
Yeah, so so we could apply cops to this. I I ran out of Concerns time. Concerns of so, police survivors. What was so it? cops? So so when we see like an agreement with modern science between the Quran and science, let's just say, uh, it could be one of many reasons. The C stands for coincidence. O stands for something observed. The P stands for maybe he was plagiarizing, copying from some other source. The S stands for maybe he was a great scientist and he was doing scientific research and he just came across and figured out how to how this stuff all works. Cops, so so cops cannot be applied over here because there's too many numerous scientific corrections which we find in the Islamic text. And for Muhammad to give us the preventive cure for COVID, AIDS, and Ebola is something absolutely astonishing. And this is why I say, look, divine inspiration is the best explanation for what we see with the science of the Quran. This one coming in from Randolph says, hi, long, I think, JF, have you ever, I don't think you've ever crossed swords with Randolph before, but no. And this one coming in from Bitter Truth. This is Nadir. The sunset in murky water. Hadiz Sahi al Bukhari, sun prostrate under Allah throne. Ask permission to rise <clears throat> means the sun disappears and God permission rise again. Can you prove this? Yeah, we can. Uh, a lot for first of all let me there's a there's a lot you gave over there basically uh i will the whole issue about the sun prostrating uh that is actually true the sun does make a, a prostration motion um you know what i would ask actually look at all the all the atheists in the question and answer period they're trying to disprove the quran but the question i will ask you where are your apologists why are they all running away from debating this topic with me you know and i'll tell you why because they suffered terrible losses in the past. They know that the Quran and modern science is an unwinnable debate for them. So now they are on the run. Now, I won't mention their names, but I've been asking, James, please set up the debates here. Now they're all coming forward. And what the people here in the question and answer time doing, they're filling a void. They're filling a void left behind by the retreating atheist and Christian apologists to challenge the Quran and science here. So let me go ahead and just, well, actually, I won't have enough time, but uh, maybe we can make it another occasion where I can explain to you that the way the Quran pers- uh, talked about the sun as far as prostrating, this is in agreement with modern science. Okay, so we'll just leave it at that. This one coming in from, do appreciate your question. Dweezil says, you look good in pink, James. I appreciate that. We're taking it back. We're making it masculine again. The legend Rivs says, because we would see that as these evolving humans spread throughout the planet, they carry their religious stories with them. I think that they maybe this is a two-parter. They say the mythos derived from one large religion or story they followed. David Talbot's film, Remembering the End of the World and Fifth Kinds, Why Are We Here?, because we would see that as these evolving humans spread throughout the planet, they carry their religious stories with them, and they, I think they're saying that it's kind of like a, the trunk of a tree, and then like the, the branches kind of diverge in their own different ways, but they, saw, they, saw, they have similar components. What do you think, each of you actually? I agree. Uh, I think that uh, it's like uh, culture is being carried as a tool for reproduction, and it shows changes across time. And in many ways, Islam is inspired from Judaism and uh, it, it, it shares the same features such as strong forbiddings around food, prophet warrior. So it seems that they play the same role historically, but at different eras. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So I, I don't think, uh, you know, the whole idea of just borrowing from culture, it actually works with Islam. And in fact, I'll, I'll give you one example here. So and this is another uh, scientific example. The Bible in, in, in another verse, they have a, a virginity test, as we can see on my screen over here. I'll get you the verse right here. I'm not going to go into it because I know, I know we, have two, we don't have enough time. But the Bible actually tells people that to determine a woman's virginity, you spread the sheets before the elders. And if you don't find anything, you know, then she's okay. So, But science today tells us that the virginity test, it is unscientific, okay? Because there's many women who break their hymen. There are women who play sports. There are women who uh, are not even born with them. There's women who horseback ride. And, of course, there's women who have been sexually abused. It is preposterous to put forth a woman who has been sexually, or a girl who's been sexually abused to a virginity test. So there's multiple scientific absurdities over here. Look how Muhammad corrects the scientific error. It says in the following hadith, the most wicked among the people in the eyes of Allah on the day of judgment is a man who goes to his wife and she comes to him and then he divulges her secret. Now it should be clear yeah. when you go to your wife what it means. Yeah. We better I'm move sorry. to the next one, Nadir. What are you trying to pull? All right, this one coming in from. <laughs> no, 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 one's trying to pull anything. I'm pointing out over here. But wasn't that... this about whether or not? Am I totally? I might be totally wrong. In which case, okay, I, let, let, let me let me explain. I thought I'll, this is about whether or not all bran religions branched off a single religion. Oh, oh, well, I would say no because then you would Funny incorporate guy. the scientific errors into that book. This unless would... I misunderstood the question. Yeah, right. All right, this <laughs> one coming in from Zomer says, Nadir, you haven't. Or actually, they actually to JF says, JF, why not attack the Quran more directly on anti-scientific grounds or anti-scientific verses? It mentions multiple Earths, cosmic animals, etc. P.S. In the middle of the revolutionary phenotype, your book, and I'm really enjoying it. Really great. You have made the right choice with the revolutionary <laughs> phenotype. Now, when I do arguments, I like parity. Just like when I eat meals, I like an ingredient not to uh, messed up with, not to prepared. I want to taste the bird the way it, it tastes in nature. I want to taste the vegetable. I don't change much, and in debates, I feel the same. I think it would be irrelevant for me to attack a million different errors in the Quran because it still wouldn't change. That the claim of Nadir tonight is about the divinity of the inspiration of these six claims. So I really like to concentrate on this, and I hope that Nadir can at least acknowledge yeah. that I'm being responsive to his argument. No, you're, you're absolutely right. I appreciate that because, you know, <clears throat> the, the the questioner is wrong, okay? Because, look, try, trying to prove that there's scientific contradiction in the Quran in no way will, will disprove its divine origin. I'll give you an example. I just mentioned here that there's scientific errors in the Jewish Old Testament, and at the same time, I told you there's scientific miracles in the book. I believe it's been originally from God. So my point here is, that, and the same thing with the New Testament. I believe God's word is in the New Testament. I believe Jesus is the true Messiah. I've been sitting here talking all about scientific errors in those books. This so my point here is that telling us about, okay, well, there's scientific contradictions. This is somehow going to disprove Islam or Christianity or Judaism. Uh, no, it's not. All that will prove is these books have been changed. It will prove that, okay, maybe they're not relevant anymore for, for today's time. Because 
look, in Nostradamus's book, there's also what many people believe to be divine. We've got to keep it moving here. What I think oh, I'm going to do go yeah. is I'm going to read the questions that are for JF in particular, and then we can let him out of here because he's got two shows tonight. Oh, and then yeah. the questions that are for you, Nadir, which are many yet, we'll read those after we let JF out. And so this one coming in, I, I mean, assuming you're okay with that, JF, like we have no yeah, problem yeah. with you taking off. Go ahead. Tekken Forces says this debate was a rehash of the previous one, JF. Who do you have on winning this year's TI? Also, what do you think of this year's battle pass? Uh, so on Dota, I don't follow Dota, so I don't know. I play Dota, but I don't follow who are the big teams. So I cannot answer the TI question. Uh, on the rehash question, uh, I had asked Nadir to come up with different arguments than last time, and he did come up with different ones. Although the alcohol and the mustard we had covered a little bit, uh, he brought uh, different arguments than the ones I've already addressed the other day. You got it. And let me just double check. I think that was it. Want to say, we're going to let JF out because, like I said, he's got two shows tonight. Busy guy. And we're going to give you, we're, folks, don't worry. We're going to still read the rest of your questions that you have for Nadir. So stick around. But JF, want to say thanks for being with us. It's been a true pleasure. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye. 100%. Bye. Take care. Bye. And Nadir, they're coming after you. So I'm going to rearrange the pictures here. Give me a second, folks, as I rearrange the pictures in OBS. And want to remind you, our guests are linked in the description. So if you are kind of thinking like, oh, yeah, I've gotten a good taste, you know, kind of got a good sampling, a little bit of exposure to their ideas. Well, hey, you can right now click on their links below. What are you waiting for? And that includes at the podcast. If you would like to hear more, you certainly can. As we put our guest links in the description box in the podcast as well. And by the way, Modern Day Debate does have our podcast available on every podcast app. Folks, are you serious? Like you didn't know this? On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you name it, Modern Day Debate is on there and waiting for you to check it out. This one from Bitter Truth says, do you believe in evolution? If yes, show us in the Quran where evolution is discussed. If not, show us Adam fo Adam's fossils or say your Quran is just a human-made book, Nadir. Yeah, so, uh, again, not really related to tonight's discussion and the evidences which was presented, but, uh, yeah, there could be a lot of truth in evol evolution. I don't see a real big contradiction in the Quran and evolution. Um, I don't. So I think I don't, I don't see a conflict over there, so I guess that's the answer to the question. You got it, and this one coming in from, do appreciate your question as well, Cameron Hall says, Nadir, does camel urine have health benefits? Yes, urine uh, in general has health uh, benefits, and if you, uh, if you, th there's many medicines which are actually made from from urine. But once again, it's kind of off topic for tonight's debate. You got it. This one from Yeshua the King says, Nadir, are you in the Clubhouse app? What is the Clubhouse app? Please tell me this isn't something we don't want to know about. I'm teasing. Come on, what's the Clubhouse app? I don't know. Me neither. Is this some sort of sick joke, people? The legend is to see the mythos of large ancient civilizations and tribes, see where their ancestors came from, and see how these stories compare almost to a detail. So I think this is their point before, which roughly speaking, they're saying that there's evidence that all religions derive from a single religion, or at least most religions did, they're arguing. And so, okay. Nadir, if you want to basically well, I, I, I do. 
I do believe something like that. So in the Quran, I mean, something very similar, it, it tells us that messengers and prophets were sent to every nation of people. So the, the Judeo-Christian, or you could say the, um, yeah, th those prophets are not the only ones. So um, some people speculate that maybe Buddha could have originally been a prophet. But all these prophets came to teach a, the, 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 the oneness of God. And that all those manifestations, you know, God is manifesting himself as this human being or this other entity. Those are things which you, they pull people away from that and they condemn that. And, and so they all taught monotheism. So there's a, there is some uh, agreement between uh, that belief and, and what we believe. This one coming in from, do appreciate your question as well. Bitter truth. This is Nadir. Can you accept my challenge, the Quran the challenge my challenge quran in the light of science will you debate on this modern day debate platform with me i yeah sure but well so let's talk about what's going on here okay what you are doing is you're filling the void left behind by your retreated retreating apologists and uh, you know I, I don't know if i'm allowed to mention their names james but i will just i have personally challenged those people to come and debate me on that Right. But they have they have ran away. So, but to answer your question, yeah, sure, let's do it. You know, but I just want to make it clear what's going on over here, and and I would ask you to 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 think about this. Why did they run? What is it about Quran and science that they see as unwinnable? And now I'm sitting here all by my lonesome here. No one is willing to debate this topic with me. So, anyways, the answer is yes. Let's get it. If James is good, then I'm I'm good. It's time to get it on. We'll host yeah. it if that, you know, if you guys are up for it. This one, uh, this is a Clubhouse app. It's not anything dirty. It's actually, it's just a normal audio app. I thought it was something like Grinder or something, so I'm sorry. Yeah. This one from Yeshua. I, not that I think that you're on Grinder. I thought it was some sort of, you know, some sort of, uh, they always put things in the chat. You know, the young people, I don't know about the, like, what's the slang today. And so they always put things and get me yeah. to say stupid things. Bitter Truth says Nadir. Nadir Shaikh Al-Fazan, Saudi scholar, said, Sun orbiting Earth, if someone denies this because of modern science, he's ignoring the Quran. Allah said that he's ignorant, but you guys, modern Muslims, are just doing interpretation. Do I understand bitter truth? You're, are you a Muslim? Or like that I'm wondering, like, are you saying that he's... Are they... Bitter truth, you Muslim or atheist, by the way? But anyway, we'll give you a chance to respond in here. Yeah, so uh, so what's happening here is uh, they're trying to d disprove the Quran, even though bitter truth, it was explained to you, trying to find scientific contradictions in the Quran. It, it's not going to disprove the prophethood of Muhammad, as I've pointed out. You can believe in the Old Testament, New Testament. They all have scientific errors within them. But yet it really doesn't disprove the divinity of Christ. It doesn't dis disprove any of those religions. So why are you trying to do that with Islam? You really should have uh, tried to tackle the evidences presented in tonight's debate. But see, now let me get to your point. You see, it, it backfires against you. This statement, the sun uh, revolves or orbits around the earth, it is not found in the Quran. Because it's not found in the Quran, you had to go to some commentary, some opinion of some person. Find that for me in the Quran. This is a challenge for you. This one. Why can we not find these type of scientific errors in our holy book, in the Holy Quran? This one coming in from, do appreciate your question. Bitter truth strikes again, says God missed fire 
shooting stars goes in Russia in 2013 February over 1,000 injured. What a joke. I don't understand. God missed fire shooting stars goes in Russia. Do you know what they mean, Nadir? Can you explain uh, that to no, us? No, I don't know. This one from Tekken Forces says, this, we got that one. Legend Rives, we had read these two from them, namely on whether or not religion derives from a single religion. Bitter Truth also says, we got that one. Cameron Hall says, got that one. Bitter Truth says, Allah made earth in two days, chapter 4109, creates mountains in four days, then made seven skies in two days, total of eight days, Nadir. Yeah, we already did that one. As I, as I told you, nowhere does it explicitly say that the earth was created in, or I'm sorry, the universe was created in eight days. And so there's a problem with your interpretation. You are interpreting it as eight days because you're lining up these numbers, two days, four days, something like that. Now I'm going to show you why your interpretation fails okay and take notes for the guy who recently just challenged me to quran and science you don't want to use this uh, as an argument because in that description i don't have the time to put up the verse and all that is it an allah istiwa right he ascended in two days or something like that it do you count that as creation that has nothing to do with creation then why did you add it in your numbers this one take it out of there <laughs> This one coming in from Native Atheist says Muslim apologetics needs to up their game. They're they uh they're not impressed apparently, Nadir, but that's all they say. Like, let's say Amir Adele says, This is for Nadir. How can Allah be all knowing if he allows child marriage in Surah sixty five four? All scholars agree, even your own prophet married a six year old. Yeah. So what we're seeing here are the atheists are throwing rotten tomatoes. You know, they're trying anything to try to uh, to attack Islam, attack the Quran, rather than dealing with what we just got done debating. Because the great thing about tonight's debate, Garapi, Dr. Garapi did concede and accepted the, the, prob prob the probabilistic numbers. And it, it doesn't make sense to see this, which is in favor of, of the divine inspiration. So he did concede to that. So to answer your question over here, the verse which you quoted in the Quran, there's actually no verse which encourages child marriage. The verse which you are referring to is talking about what happens when you come across situations of people who are married to children. This is not an encouragement to go out and marry children. I hope that answers your question here. This one coming in from, do appreciate your question, Amir Adele says, this is for Nadir. How can Allah be all-knowing? Ah, I read that. This one coming in from Amir as well, though. Amir, thank you very much for this question. says, hey, this question is for Nadir. How can modern science, how can modern science agree with Islam when in the Quran, Surah 65.4, it allows, we got that one, actually. This one from Andalusian Project says, <clears throat> Assalamu alaikum, brother Nadir. I would be more than happy to debate you on modern day debate on the erroneous nature of the scientific miracles view of the Quran. Oh, it's up to you. Yeah, definitely. You know, I would love to do that. I mean, again, all these challengers, uh, my door is open, but I don't want to mention their names, but your atheist guys, they're all running away. So uh, I hope that at least you can give me a pat on the back that I'm ready to accept any challenge on Quran and science. I'm not going to run, and I will, I will meet you there on game day. 
You got it. And bitter truth, I am at moderndaydebate at gmail.com. If you would like to reach out to me about setting up that debate with Nadir, that's Modern Day Debate, so the name of the channel, no hyphens, no spaces, just the three words, moderndaydebate at gmail.com. Very easy to remember. If you reach out to me, we might be able to set that up. <coughs> One, so a couple of things, folks. <clears throat> always, and Nadir has always done this, which we appreciate, we always we really push pretty hard unless someone is like a great, great debater or if they're PewDiePie and they really wanted to come on. We, Which I'm not. <laughs> and they said that they, they're like, well, I'm not going to use my camera. We're like, eh, you got to use your camera. Even if you're PewDiePie, well, maybe PewDiePie, we let it slide, but like, we're pretty picky about that. So I do want to just mention that to folks, anybody who's yeah. interested in debates. We also, by the way, uh, folks, if you happen to have interest, we've had a lot of debates recently on evolution on trial we are wanting to host some on creation or intelligent design on trial. So that, just so you know, we're hoping to host one as early as a week from now, even less than that. So just in case you might be interested in that, keep that in mind. But want to say huge thank you to our guests. They are linked in the description. It has been a true pleasure to have you, Nadir, and JF, who's with us in spirit. We hope that both of you have a great rest of your night. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.